Kevin Durant is a gamer, an avid gamer, and he's one of the only players on this list who's been out all season. So he's had ample time to play and hone in on his skills. ESPN will be airing it. I will be tuning in. I hope there's a lot of trash talk. Top five handles in NBA history. Kyrie Irving, AI, Hardaway Sr. Here's my sleeper, God Sham God. Ooh, Sham God, that's a good one. You know, I've always been a hard worker and gotten the gym a bunch, but with each year, I think I just got kind of more smarter with my training and improving my weaknesses and making them become strengths. Welcome to episode 103 of Pull Up. That's right, 103 episodes, and we have officially entered into April. Jordan, I know you're still bunkered down, staying safe. Um... We're all trying to continue to social distance. Obviously, March Madness will be close to what? Final Four Elite Eight right now. So in honor of March Madness, we will be having a special guest call in. So stay tuned for this exclusive interview with someone who would be participating in March Madness, but no longer can. Give me an update, Jordan. What's been going on? What you've been doing? And then I'll give you doggy update. CJ, not much has changed for me. We've been bunkered down, been drinking some nice wine. And um, I did take uh, take you up on one of your recommendations on All American. That was uh, that was something you had talked about recently. Um, watched most of the first season. I like it. I'm not sure about Ty Diggs as the coach. I think he's a little bit of a miscast there. I, I didn't love the casting, but other than that, it's pretty pretty good. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not buying him. It's still a good show. I think yeah. the acting is what it is, but the plot, some of the some of the plot twists that you're going to see throughout the movie, I think it makes for uh, a solid show, especially during these times, a solid watch. Um, obviously, the football players are what they are on that show um, in terms of the acting skills on running the routes and some of the views. They're not good. Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly Friday Night Lights, but it is a good show to watch, quality show um, to watch, if I do say so myself. How about you? Over here this way, there's not much. There's not much, like you said before. I'm not doing much of anything. I do have a name update. Okay. For those of you out there that don't follow the gram, we've settled on Fiona, a.k.a. Fifi. Love it. Beautiful name for a classy girl. Super, super classy, although lately, um, one would argue the level of classiness she's <laughs> uh, displayed. Long story short, Fifi had um, some issues uh, with her bowel movements. Starting at 1 a.m. last night on the floor, uh, which had to be cleaned up. And then at, I don't know, 4 a.m. So you can imagine my feelings at this point, 3 a.m., cleaning out the cage, had to bathe her. (laughs) Obviously, I had assistance, at least was not pleased. She was pretty disturbed. Uh, Only to have her turn around and do the same exact thing again three hours later. At 7 a.m., and this is just a real reminder of what it's like to be a doggy parent. Um, Check this out. We have doggy food, right, that we're giving her that she's been eating from the shelter. We run out of that doggy food. Mistake. Mistake and a half. We should have called ahead and, and ordered on Amazon early. Amazon said it would take a week to deliver the doggy food she had been taking. We had to switch it because Petco didn't have it either. How does Petco not have all doggy foods? No, no one knows. So this is why her stomach is upset. We had to change 
her wet half and half from wet food to dry food to just dry food because the next wet food we used didn't settle well with her. No, I give you credit because, uh, you know, you're, you're up to the challenge. It's obviously a new, a new challenge for, for both of you. And I'm, I'm excited for the long-term benefits because having a dog is the long game, especially a puppy, you know, they're, they're really cute, but they're very high maintenance. There's no question about it. And, uh, you're definitely doing all the right things. So I'm 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 proud of you for handling that. That's not fun. And I've been there and and it's it's just it sucks. Uh see, the NBA is planning a players only NBA 2K tournament. It is starting Friday on ESPN. There are 16 seeds. Kevin Durant is in it. Donovan Mitchell, DeMarcus Cousins, Devin Booker, Trey Young among many others. Um I all I'm going to say is this. I I don't play. I'm actually terrible at 2K. It's it's a real issue. I'm embarrassed by it. It's my worst game, but I know D book is good. I do know he's good. And I've, and I've, and I know Kevin's very good. I know KD's really good. Uh, and I've heard Drummond. So those would be my three guys. If you had to ask me who's going to win it, um, I'm going to go with easy money sniper. Yeah. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. Kevin Durant is a gamer, an avid gamer, and he's one of the only players on this list who's been out all season. So he's had ample time to play and hone in on his skills uh, throughout the year. So I think he has the slight advantage, although I have a teammate who's pretty good in 2K as well, in Hassan Whiteside, who is a number three seed based on he's ranking a three seed. and overall yeah. rating on 2K. He's a three seed. So... I think uh, it's going to be funny and interesting to watch. ESPN will be airing it. I will be tuning in. I hope there's a lot of trash talk that will go on during these times. I can't um, wait. I'm fired up for it. Another thing we can't wait for is the handles. Gotcha. Feature. No, cookies. I was going to um, say I was going to say we should cross over to another. Oh, we should cross over. Bars. Your favorite crossover ever, Allen Iverson, to the handles. Top five. Do you want to give us your top five? Looking at the list, I have to preface this with, this is the list that's in front of me. Franchise, James, Hardaway, Senior, Jamal, CP, Jason Williams, Steph Curry, Kyrie, Pistol, PAI. I'm going to start like this. Top five handles in NBA history. Kyrie Irving, one. CJ, my thing too, while you're picking, is that like you need to separate or we need to separate having a really tight handle to having a really dope move. Like if you have a killer left to right cross, that doesn't necessarily mean you have a great handle. Kyrie happens to have both. Iverson happens to have both, but there are some players that have a great move and maybe a great counter, but they're really specific to that type of move. Maybe it's an in and out. Uh, maybe it's a, a crossover into a step back, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have a great handle as well. And I think that's an important distinction to make when we're talking about the top five ball handlers of all time. Exactly. So I'll go Kyrie one for sure. I think you're making this too complicated. I don't know how Pistol Pete is not two. I'm going new school. I didn't get to watch Pistol Pete. So I'm going to put Pistol Pete on the back end. I'm going new school first. Okay. I'm going AI. Okay. I'm going to go Hardaway Senior. That's fair. This is getting hard. Chris Paul. It is tough. And it's between Steph, Jamal, and Franchise. Wow. Mm. See, I think Franchise, his handle looked, it was great, but I think it's amplified by the highlight reel dunks. To me, I think. It's Jamal or Steph. It's really hard to exclude Steph. 
But then again, Jamal, see, Jamal had so many moves and counters. I don't know if Steph has as many counters as Jamal. Um, mine, this is not in order because I think it's, I don't want to, it's going to take too much time. But Kyrie, Pistol Pete, Iverson, Jason Williams, White Chocolate, and here's my sleeper, God Sham God. Ooh, Sham God. That's a good one. I almost put Rod Strickland in there. Yeah, Rod Strickland is on our notable list as well, among others. You know, we got Kobe on there, Muggsy Bogues, Nick the Quick, Oscar Robertson, Nash, some really good ones. But God Sham God, to me, if you watch his drills that he like the guy he was unreal. He he was he was he was special. He was special. He had a serious and, and the sham god move. I mean, CJ, I, I'm to me that's still the sweetest the sweetest move. Sham god is a dope. It's a super dope move. I agree. I concur. Yeah, I, I remember like watching Sham God when Kobe came in the league. He were he they worked out together, and I remember like Kobe just being in awe of like this guy's ability to to handle the basketball and and just it wasn't only on a string. It was it was what he could do. Again, with the counters and, you know, he, he had an answer to every type of to every type of cover. Go back if you want to watch him in, in a game. Go back and watch him. Providence versus Arizona in the NCAA tournament. And you get a sense of just how special he was with the ball. For sure. We're definitely going to have to do that. And we're not going to cue the wine music this time around because we want to change things up. We want to challenge our listeners out there to read a book. We've watched a lot of Netflix. We've drank a lot of wine. Now it's time to read a book. So we're going to recommend a book to all our listeners out there. I'm going to start by recommending, wow, this is tough. One of my favorites, I'm going to recommend The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, it's a timeless, timeless book that basically touches on a lot of different obstacles people have gone through in American history and throughout uh, just general history um, in terms of struggle, in terms of mindset, in terms of being okay with stillness, uh, making rational decisions, understanding uh, the importance of calmness, understanding the importance of how to get over success, how to overcome success, and how um, it's important that you really embrace the obstacles that'll be thrown your way in life. I think it's a great read. It, it kind of resonates with people from all walks of life, not just athletes. It resonates with people who may be struggling with inner battles, struggling with balancing their time, struggling with work, uh, whatever the case may be. And I really love it because it references a lot of things that have happened throughout history, uh, stemming from the Rockefellers um, to Steve Jobs. There's a lot of stuff in here that's kind of relevant and a part of uh, things that we may be going through. Okay. So I, you know, full disclosure, I'm only about 43 pages in on this. It's the rise to power of Muhammad bin Salman, a uh, Salman. And it is about um, basically a Saudi Arabian prince. And he, how would I describe this? Um, he was very ruthless in terms of his power and didn't really have to answer to anybody. And the reason it's so relevant today is because um, in many ways, whether or not this is, you know, not necessarily a political statement, but in many ways uh, it mirrors what's going on now in terms of our, our president, whether or not you support him. I think 
you can agree that uh, he is very much a one man show, and he's not going to. It's it's really going to be his way. And and this this book, which is profiled in the New York Times book review uh, last weekend, is so far it's amazing. It's only three hundred and fifty nine pages, and it's extremely well written. So you get a you, you get a sense of a different culture, but also I think it's really relevant. And uh, so far it's been great. So I'll, I'll have it finished by next week, but that would be the book I, I recommend. Excellent. We have to go to break. We have a guest calling in shortly. So stay locked in to the pull up pod. We will have a guest calling in shortly. So stay locked in. You don't want to miss this. We want to welcome special guests coming from Oregon University out of Westland High School. We're going to read some of the statistics, uh, history of the guests. This is one of my favorite parts of the episode where I read uh, some noteworthy statistics. Uh, as a sophomore in college, was named second team all-conference in the Pac-12. We're going to take it back to college briefly. Um, this player won four consecutive state titles at Westland High School, 2014-2015, Todd Pratt, Player of the Year, Oregon Class 6A Player of the Year. In 2015, Gatorade, Oregon Player of the Year, averaged 23.6 points per game, 6.8 assists in his senior year. Four-star recruit, committed to Oklahoma, was following in his father's football footsteps to play basketball, decided, I want to go to Oregon, ends up going to Oregon, becoming the Oregon's all-time assist leader, averages 20.5 points, five assists, four rebounds, and gets named Pac-12 Player of the Year before the season is shut down. Special guest Peyton Pritchard, appreciate you calling into the pull-up podcast. How you been doing, man? You doing all right? No, yeah, I'm doing good, doing good. That's what I like to hear. Four consecutive state titles that's a bar. I was able to see some of one of them. Um, I think I got out here and was able to check you out in, in a couple games, Les Schwab uh, among one of them, and then uh, seeing the state championship on TV. I was fortunate enough to make it to state one time. We ended up losing in the Final Four. You won four state championships. What was that like, and did that factor into your decision to stay home and eventually go to Oregon? No, that, man, it was one heck of an experience for sure, but... You know, obviously our high school team was, was talented. It wasn't just a, a one-man team, which allowed us to win four straight titles. But um, I think part of it had a, to do with the reason to go to Oregon. But ultimately, I just knew Oregon was going to be a good fit. I had the opportunity to come in right away and have a chance to start and play a lot and be with a good team. And I, I knew with my family being close to home and stuff like that, that just it was just the right place. Peyton, what about... Coach Altman, what was the recruiting process with him? And he, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would promise you playing time or say you're going to do this and that. So I'm, I'm just curious, like, how did he recruit you knowing that you had some other big offers? I know Kansas and Wisconsin were on the table, Villanova. So what was that pitch like? I mean, you're definitely right with that. Like, Coach is going to shoot you straight. Um, you know, obviously he's an honest man. But, I mean, he did promise that, you know, if I came in and, uh, I worked hard that I would have an opportunity to, to play a lot and to earn a starting spot. But I think with a lot of recruits, when you're going to college, you know, you got to look at who's at the college and who they have there. And obviously I felt going to Oregon, I had the opportunity to, to start at the point guard spot, which another reason why I went there. But um, with coach though, I mean, if you work hard and you put time, he's, he's going to give you an opportunity. Looking at the, your career trajectory, how it kind of transpired, your rookie rookie year, your freshman year, you averaged about seven points per game. You ended up 
raising, increasing your average to 14, then you dropped down to 12 in that year, but you were able to make it to the Sweet 16 in your senior year. It seemed like you were on a mission. Everything was kind of flowing. I seen you hit a game winner from about 30 feet. I was watching uh, that on live. On the road to the hostile environment. Against UW. In Washington. That was crazy. Yeah, that was a, that was a game I actually seen. And I, I don't really watch college basketball anymore. I'm so far removed, but I, I check in every now and then. It looked like you were playing while you were in a good groove, shooting over 40% from three. I think you were like 41 and a half. Um, everything kind of came together for you. I want to talk about your training a little bit. How did your training change in terms of your approach, the time you spent and what you worked on from freshman year to senior year as you kind of got ready to uh, make that last push before declaring for the NBA draft? You know, I've always been a hard worker and gone to the gym a bunch, but with each year, I think I just got kind of more smarter. Uh, with my training and, you know, what I needed to improve on and just being consistent with that work. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing with players is like, you know, a lot of guys could, could go work hard for a day or two, but it's just being consistent and uh, working hard each and every day. So I think that's what the biggest thing I got better at and improving my weaknesses and making them become strengths. And for my junior to senior year, obviously my three-point shooting percentage went up and I started shooting from deeper, which, you know, allowed guys to – made guys come and guard me farther out. So it just made my game open up for sure. But Peyton, was that a conscious effort from the shooting perspective? Like, was that more threes taken in the summer? Uh, did you work more on, on adding your range? How did that, how did that confidence come into play so that it could actually uh, make such a difference in your game? I think I always kind of, I had the range to it and the ability to shoot. I think the, my biggest thing going from the, you know, my junior year, I had a lot of ups and downs, um, confidence-wise. I, I just went, you know, there was some low points. And once I, you know, found the confidence, confidence again and, like, was believing in myself and, and know what I'm capable of doing, like, it just turned my whole game around. And I took from the end of my junior season and, and going into the summer and then, obviously, this year, like, my confidence was so high. And um, Coach you know he's he was believing in me so i remember early on in your high school or early late on in your high school career earlier in your collegiate career um alan Krabs trainer casey used to talk about you a lot he talked about your work ethic he talked about how hard uh, you worked and i was able to see some clips of you and then that's when i began uh following you i think um basically my question is did watching and working alongside Alan Crabb, he's a guy who is a really good shooter. He works on his shooting a lot. Casey had a lot of shooting drills where it's bad passes um, and, and figuring out how to make shots off the dribble, figuring out how to make shots um, off the catch and shoot. Did that kind of play a role in your mindset as you shifted from freshman year to senior year in terms of shot making ability, shot creating ability? Because I know your handle was always tight, but it seemed like it got tighter. You got more confident. Your finishing around the basket improved. You kind of came full circle um, from when I seen you in, in high school junior year to when I seen you your senior year in college yeah definitely I mean I think with every like like Allen and all those different uh talented players I've been around and um I just try to take things from from everybody um from any level even now like high school college NBA like you know if I see something I like or like that I like about their game I would definitely try to to add it to mine or different training things they do so you know, being in the gym with guys like Allen and then, you know, when I was growing up, I was right with Steve, Steve Blake and, and just seeing like the attention to detail and, and what it took. I mean, it just, you know, it, I just learned from that and just added it to, to what, what I needed to do. What about Peyton for you? Like at what point in your career, and maybe you always had this belief, but I'm curious as you continue to have more and more success, especially 
this season in college. At what point in your career did you go from like, I want to be in the NBA to I know I can play at that level? When did that happen for you? So my, my sophomore and junior, you know, I definitely like when my confidence was wavering a little bit, then I, you know, I doubted myself at times for sure. And then like didn't know if that, that dream would come true until I got my confidence back and I started playing how I know I was capable of and started kind of seeing that I could be a pro. And then obviously here I tested tested the waters and I had a chance and then I came back and then through this year I started getting the recognition um and then now obviously I I know I can be a pro you finish up this season as the Pac-12 player of the year um had a chance to really make some noise in the NCAA tournament but obviously that's been cut short due to circumstances sports along with all businesses basically across the country have shifted their focus to um, continuing to socially distance and avoid large crowds. How frustrating is it to not have a chance to play in the upcoming NCAA tournament? And have you thought about um, coming back to college? I think there's obviously some players who will decide to use that extra year the NCAA has given them and some players who will decide to walk away. Will you utilize that to earn another degree or will you just walk away and, and, and set your sights on the NBA? Um, you know, it was def- definitely disappointing, but as far as coming back for another year, you know, I've, I've had a great four years at Oregon and, and I feel like I've developed and gone so much better since my first year, but now, you know, I want to live out my dream of playing in the NBA and, and go and, and go and do that. What was it like for you, Peyton, when you started hearing from, this is a, this is piggybacking off my question earlier, but. I'm wondering, like, when you started hearing from prospective agents and started seeing your name in mock drafts, did that did that do anything for you? Did did you get fired up about it? I mean, it, it is a nice thing to see for sure, and like you get you know you get excited to to see your name on there and stuff like that. But uh, after the first time, it was more, uh, you know, I I guess it's kind of uh, just made me work harder, knowing that my dream was close, and you know, I just wanted to keep kind of just keep moving up and keep getting more recognition and, and all that. But at the end of the day, I just, you know, just kept working on my craft to keep better, get better. As you shift focus to preparing for the NBA, um, what are the next steps for you? I know you talked about getting out of your dorm. Just for some of our listeners out there that aren't in college anymore, kind of walk walk them through the process. You know, once the, once the NCAA announces the tournament has been shut down, at what point did you and the rest of your team get sent home um, from the university? At what point did the university completely shut down? Um, so we were in Vegas for a Pac-12 uh, tournament, and uh, we were about to play Oregon State, and right before the game, uh, they shut, shut down the Pac-12 tournament. And then later that day, um, like I think it was a couple hours or maybe – Later that night, they, they shut down the tournament, the NCAA tournament. They canceled everything. So that's when we found out. So we went home uh, the next morning. And, uh, you know, after that, that was that was kind of like the, the last goodbye. And, you know, everybody kind of went their several ways. It's such an unusual and unprecedented way to to end a career. Like, not I'm just not even talking about the basketball side of things, but I can imagine how frustrating it was, Peyton, and sad to a degree where like you thought you still had another run with these guys. These, these are your guys for the last, some of them the last three years. So four years. So how, how hard was it to, to be like, to, to come to the realization that you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do that with them and you didn't have that, you didn't have that final run. I mean, it's definitely uh, tough. I mean, 
you know, people, this is kind of what college basketball is about. You know, you live for, for the NCAA tournament, play, having the chance to play in that. But, you know, I think how we look at it is uh, we take in the moments that we did have, and uh, I can't think of a better way to finish than winning a Pac-12 regular season on our home court. The last game we played, we got to cut down the net. So, I mean, to have that opportunity is, is for that to be our last game was – you know, that at least we, we had that experience because there's really no other better way than going out than cutting nets. CJ, can you walk us through or give give our listeners and Peyton an idea of, because you guys are in a similar position of, you know, four-year guys that, uh, you know, you didn't, CJ, I know you got hurt. You didn't get to play in the tournament your senior year. Obviously, Peyton, different circumstances. But I'm curious for you, like, what was the process now of, like, season over and then start training? And how did that go for you? Yeah, I'll just kind of talk about the importance of the tournament as as Peyton touched on. Uh, for me, I went to a obviously a small school, so we didn't play on TV much. And every time I had a chance to play on the big stage, I tried to show out because that might be someone's only chance, only time to really watch me play. And I think for a lot of kids across the country who were fringe, let's say your fringe lottery pick, you get a chance to, to push up into the top 10. If you're late first, you get a chance to move up to mid first. If you're late second, mid second to undrafted, you get a chance to make enough noise to potentially be drafted higher. Just solely based on how you perform in the NCAA tournament, because all the scouts are there, they're all watching, they're all critiquing, and they're able to kind of match you up against other uh, potential NBA prospects. So that that really helped, you know, kind of solidify who I was as a player early on so that when I broke my foot my senior year, they had already seen like a body of work and kind of knew who I was. But for me, my situation is similar, but not similar to Peyton because I ended up breaking my foot in January of my senior year. And uh, basically that was, that was it for my senior year. So I started the rehab phase. I broke my foot January 5th. I got surgery January 8th and I ended up getting clear January, like February, March, April, um, April something, I can't remember the date, but I ended up getting cleared and we had already lost in the uh, Patriot League tournament. Um, so we weren't going to qualify for the NCAA tournament. And I took my exams early and ended up leaving campus. I, I signed with an agent. Um, I signed with Excel Sports Management with Sam Goldfeder. And I took my exams and I left school early. I basically went to my now fiance's um little uh, fraternity sorority uh, date party. And I went to a Yankee baseball game and moved to New York and started pre-draft work um, mid-April and came back to school in May for graduation. So the only the only difference between like our situations is that you didn't get to play in the tournament your last year. Well, I didn't either, but the circumstances of you just shutting down and having to move like basically right now and just kind of shift your focus to playing. It's weird because it's an awkward goodbye. Like you try to get your goodbyes into people you care about, but then you worry about social distancing now. You're worried about all this stuff and then kind of shifting your focus to, all right, I want to go to the NBA. I pick an agent. I got to start training, but where do I train at? So for a lot of listeners out there, it, it's hard. Like you're probably going through this now. Like, where do you train? Mm -hmm. And now the circumstances of the social distancing thing, this is like a whole nother curveball of can you train? Where do you train? Do you stay home? Do you bring somebody in? Like that's, um, I feel for a lot of you guys because this is, it's hard for me to think about what I want to do and I'm already in the NBA. So if I was trying to get here, like to figure out how to train and then understanding like, is there going to be a combine? Like, how do you meet with teams? Like this is, 
this is really messing up. This is messing up sports in general. But the, the next wave or generation of talent is is really in a pickle right now because we don't know. Like NFL draft is done. Like they're going to have to do a, a virtual draft and graduations are done. My girls graduate from dental school. They've already canceled graduation. So like there's no large gatherings for like the next what two months minimum. So. I don't know what you guys are going to do, man. It's yeah. this is I feel for you guys. This is tough. It is it is tough, but I think you know for me right now, I think um, obviously you know it's tough to get in the gym and stuff. But my mind says you know I can still you know work in other areas. Obviously, we can still do ball handling and all that, and you know, try to even tighten that up as much as you can. And for me, I've been trying to diet and and run still, and maybe cut like this lose body fat that's the biggest thing i think i can the areas i can work on so that's kind of where i'm shifting my mind to that's smart i saw i saw your your power smoothie on instagram peyton yeah looks like you're uh you're taking that pretty seriously so like give us a give us a day right now for you like a typical day obviously you're home so how do you how do you approach each day and and walk us through it so right now i'm uh so i'll probably wake up um Right now, I'm 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 sleeping in a little bit, so ten around ten, and uh, I'll probably go out in the garage and, and start my ball handling, do a bunch of different ball handling drills, and after that, I'll jump rope and quick feet stuff, and kind of that'll be that that'll take about an hour, and that'll be my morning session. Then I I'll uh, go back in, probably take a nap or something like that, and then we have the hills here in West, especially one right by my house, so. Um, I'll, I'll start, I'll run hills, um, in like the, about like three, four o'clock. And then, uh, at night I'll, I'll do some different strength stuff, lifting and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's smart to really take advantage of that. And one of the things we talked about in our conference call with the team the other day was staying ahead of the curve. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are going to, woe is me mentality, you know, kind of feel sorry for themselves, maybe not work, use this time to kind of relax. And that's when you catch people and pass people yeah. um, during these times. So that's smart to really focus on that stuff because although our options are limited, there's only a, a few people, there's only a, a finite amount of people in this world who are going to work through this crisis in terms of actually working on their game, improving and coming out of this with something. It's like when you break your right hand, like how do you tighten up your left? You know what I'm saying? So I think this is this is a time for you to really, you know, separate yourself uh, from a lot of other people who are potentially uh, going to be drafted because there's no way. I always say it, everybody not working the same, right? Because a lot of people have talent, but they don't know how to utilize it. And some people are just too lazy to utilize it. So uh, it's smart for you to really take advantage of your resources and I'm, I'm not far from Westland. These hills are, are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you can, yeah, they are. You can really get some serious work in with, with nothing. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that that's definitely my mindset right now. And what about, like, diet? Like, are you a plant-based guy? Do you limit sodium? Give us a, give us a sense of your diet and, and if it's changed at all over the last few years. Um, well, you know, I just talked to um, – with, with my agency, they have a nutritionist. So I was just on the phone with her yesterday, so – She's actually building like a, a meal plan and then some supplements to she's sending my way. So I'll get that tomorrow. But right now, I think for me, it's, you know, staying about away from, from bad sweets and uh, sugars, which is, which is tough. Cause you know, I like, I like cookies and stuff, but, um, and then obviously like white carbs, but as far as like plant-based, no, I, I you know, I like I eat chicken and steak and, and all that still. CJ, did you hear that? We have a good sugar for you, Peyton. It's called Pinot. 
Great wine. We, we're going <laughs> to recommend some some good grapes to you, some good sugars. Going to get you in on the wine game. Okay. He's in the window now. This is the window of when it starts. Depending on where you go in the NBA, who you're around, the vets, that's when you'll really start to you know, dive into it more. Um, for me, my girl introduced me to it. So I started, like my senior year, I started having it, trying it. And obviously I didn't like it. And it kind of grows on you after after a while. And you're in the right place here being in Oregon uh, to experiment. Um, we got a lot of wineries out here, a lot of great Pinot, some good Chardonnay. I'm not really a Chardonnay fan, but there's some good Chardonnay, some good Rosé, depending on where you're at, and some bubbly uh, for you for you to pop. Uh, once you officially become a member of uh, the NBA, you have to pop some bubbly. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to all that. One of my, yeah, one of my things too, you mentioned Oregon C. Peyton, like, you, you just seem like such an Oregon guy given your loyalty to the state. Does, like, what does being an Oregonian mean for you? Because I'm a Pacific Northwest guy. I know, I know how special it is. For you, like when you when you think about that and your relationship with the people and the fans and the school and the state, what, what does it mean? I mean, it means so much. I mean, you know, I've grown up in Oregon my whole life, so you know, I have such a love for for Oregon and and just like you know, going through high school, winning, and then going to Oregon and winning, and just building uh, such great relationships with people from Oregon and and how much the fans care about the sports here, just. I mean, it means so much to me, but I've just had such a great experience that, you know, that's why I'm so loyal to it because people treat me well, so I want to treat them well back. Yeah, I really enjoy I really enjoy Oregon. It's it's uh, a unique place. Unlike anything you kind of experience, you know, outside of it, you know, you being here your whole life, you've been exposed to it, and it's kind of become a way of life. But for me growing up in Canton, Ohio, which is really far from here, you kind of gain a, a unique appreciation of it. Um, the fans, the weather, everything that comes with with being here. Obviously, it's it's far away. It's kind of centrally located away from, um, essentially away from the rest of America. We're so far out here in the Northwest, but uh, I, I enjoy it. And we have some of the best summers. If summertime weather lasted year round, this place would be like San Diego on steroids. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I try to tell people all the time, like, Oregon probably has the best summers than any state. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful with a nice little breeze. Nights are a little chilly, like 80, 85, 90, with a little chilly at night. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Peyton, I have some rapid fire for you from Instagram, uh, Instagram questions. These are like quick, quick one, you know, one hitters. Okay. Um, that a few people, uh, we actually have a lot of them. I'm going to, I'm going to narrow them down to the best ones, but Let's just say that the Peyton Pritchard questionnaire blew up. I figured I'd get five. I got about 50 to choose from. So I'm going to pick a few that are really good, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, this is from Duty 2 What was your favorite game from your high school career? Um, Favorite game? You know, I think I'd have to go with uh, Les Swab my sophomore year. I hit a game winner against Whitney Young. It was a Jilla Okafor's team, and I, they were like top three in the country. That's dope. All right. Uh, if not Oregon, where would you have gone? I guess is the answer Oklahoma? Oklahoma or uh, Villanova. I like that. Um, that was from Brandon Lewandowski. This is from the original Prex. Toughest matchup you had in college, individual matchup. And that, that's a tough one, too, because I've had some good ones. Uh, Aaron Holiday, my sophomore year, he was a junior at UCLA. He was, he was tough. I mean, everything ran, was ran through him, and he was definitely a tough cover. Okay. 
favorite teammate, or I guess you could say teammates, uh, at Oregon? I got a couple, but I mean, Paul White, he was with me since my freshman to junior year. Um, I would say, and then my brother Anthony, uh, obviously he came in this last year, and then uh, my boy Ehab. That was, that was probably my top three. This is from Will Johnson. Am I Peyton's favorite roommate ever? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, Will's, Will's been my roommate for sophomore, junior, and senior year. So Damn. He, he stuck with me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hunter Fullerton, how many shots do you shoot per day? I think this is more in the offseason. Um, you know, I don't actually count shots. If, if, I'm, if I'm shooting, I'm counting makes. Um, and in the offseason, you know, at least at – least, during a workout, at least over a hundred, I mean a 300, at least over 300. So, but like I try to reach 500. Okay. A couple more. Uh, this is from uh, Rahul Penny. What's your best advice for high school players looking to get to the next level? I mean, honestly, you know, the best advice I would have to give is, you know, just you got to spend time in the gym and you got to love it. Um, what players don't understand about the next level, it is, it is a time commitment. Um, so you got to be ready for that, and you really got to love the game because if you don't, it's, it's definitely going to be difficult, and you might not like your life at times. Okay, this is the this is the number one question. Lance Rickerford, this is unbelievable. Who is the better Oregon point guard, Sabrina or Peyton? Oh, Sabrina. That's the GOAT. <laughs> That's the GOAT. Yeah, and then the last one is um, basically this is a culmination of a lot of questions. A lot of people ask about ball handling drills. You had that one that went viral on all over ESPN that was really dope. Um, take us through the figure eight drill and some of the other ones you really like to do. I mean, you know what's so funny about that is it's just like I've been doing that um, since I've been young and like a lot of other like basketball players do. I mean, and I, I guess I just gotten good at it where it's quick and, and fast, but um, I've just kind of done – a lot of similar stuff throughout the years. I mean, the kind of stuff I put on Instagram is is really like a, a daily thing I do every day and just try to stay with the, you know, just like shooting, you got to do your daily reps of ball handling. I like it. All right. Well, some great questions from the Instagram audience. CJ, um, I think you're going to have some company with another Oregon point guard coming into this draft. I'm excited, excited to see it. And uh, I know we're excited to 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 see you at the next level as a whole, Peyton, because um, it's been really great watching you develop over your career. And um, CJ, you got anything else for the young man? Uh, I think you're approaching this the right way. Uh, you got the right people in your corner. You work hard. You've done things the right way um, your entire career. So um, I would just tell you to keep doing what you're doing. Keep that chip. Don't ever lose the chip, and you'll be you'll be just fine. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Once again, we want to thank our special guest, Peyton Pritchard, for calling into the pull-up pod. We definitely appreciate it and wish him nothing but health, wealth, and success going forward, and good luck in the upcoming draft. We appreciate all our listeners out there tuning in faithfully. We hope you're continuing to practice social distancing while staying safe and figuring out ways to exercise. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, radio.com, backslash pull-up, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to pull-up. Pull up.